Hello, Marvel fans. My name is Sam Raimi, and I am the director of the movie you're about to see, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Today is April 12th, 2022, and I'm joined by our producer and our writer. Let me introduce to you Richie Palmer. Hello. And Michael Walter. Hello. Richie, you told me that Marvel makes a new logo for every picture they make. Is that true? Yeah, we like to update uh, with images from some of the more recent uh, Disney Plus series and movies and make sure that it's always, you know, up to date with some of the coolest images from our movies. This one, we did something special. I think it was Sam and uh, Bob Murawski, our editor, and Kevin came together and said, you know, we should do something special for Doctor Strange and put in more images of Doctor Strange and Wanda in there than we've ever seen before. Michael, Michael, was your idea to start this movie in this scene? Um, you wanted to come into an adventure, you told me, that was just reaching its climax with the audience not knowing how they got here and let them play catch up. Yeah, it always felt like it'd be fun to, to feel like we were really coming into the end of another Doctor Strange movie. That America has, has already been. And that, that's a unique choice. Yeah, America's already been through this gauntlet with another one of these guys. That's a really unusual choice, given that you're also taking these pages to introduce America Chavez. To come in on the wrap-up, you don't really get to meet her in a conventional way in the movie, in, the, in your writing. Yeah, and to have the first lines that they're speaking to one another be in Spanish, too, which is fun and kind of unmooring for the audience. I love this uh, look of Doctor Strange's in this scene. You know, we were inspired by some comics, and I know Sam and we all work together with uh, Graham Churchyard, our costume designer, and our Marvel Studios visual development team, led by Ryan Minerding and Ian Joyner, uh, this is one of my favorite looks, though, in this movie of Doctor Strange. I love the ponytail. I don't know about you guys, but I love their red and black suit and the ponytail and the beard. I'm not crazy about the ponytail. <laughs> but basically, I think it's a great choice, uh, given that we wanted to make him kind of an Errol Flynn version of Strange, like the originally Michael. Michael's idea was he's an even better version of Strange than Strange himself. Until he weakens here morally and believes that the ends justify the means. Your sacrifice is worth more than your life. Originally, Michael, you wrote this strange as the better version of, of the man. And then going back, we made him a sinner, and you added a flaw where he makes this terrible choice to save the universe at the expense of this young girl's life. Yeah, that was kind of a late in the game. Uh, decision that really recontextualized Strange in America's relationship throughout the entire movie and um, then worked. So, Michael, a lot of the movie that you wrote, you had to follow in the footsteps of the latest Spider-Man movie, No Way Home, and WandaVision. Is that true? I think it was always in there some point or another, but, but maybe at different points in the movie. Um, it, it showed up later in, in the Illuminati sequence. Did they let you read the scripts? Some of them. 
WandaVision, I'm, I'm friends with... I mean, I'm friends with all the writers. No, no Way Home, there was a lot of secrecy. WandaVision, they had shot, and a lot of it was airing even as we were making this, so that we were more up to speed. Scene, there's the great Michael Stuhlbarg, which I loved in the Coen Brothers' classic *Serious Man*. He's so great. I, I was selfishly just so excited to write dialogue for him. He's such a tremendous actor. Really wanted to give him a lot to work with, even in this short scene. So were a lot of us. You did. He has bitter feelings about Strange's choice his egotistical choice and questions whether he's always so certain that he's doing the right thing, which I really like for the theme of the picture. I'm very sorry. Thank you. And at this point in the movie, the way you wrote it, Michael, he has no self-doubt. He's certain that he did the right thing, just like I guess what keeps me the strange we saw in Universe 617. That's what we refer to as the opening sequence. For that strange, who was certain he was doing the right thing, sacrificing that little girl. And it's great that you later pit him against other strangers who are certain they're doing the right thing. He's, um... Like the only play we had. Hmm. Of course you did. He learns that the best he's not always right and that he doesn't always have to be the one, in, in your words, Michael, holding the knife, which I think is great. He becomes a tiny bit more open, I thought, through the course of your screenplay. Yep, Nick West gets him right there. We love this camera move, Sam. Such a great way to introduce Christine. We're supposed to capture Strange's dizzying feeling when he finally saw the woman he should have loved move on with her life without him because of his selfish choices, just like he wrote. Michael, you're in this scene, right? Are you, you're in the background as the best man, but can you see yourself in that moment? I think I didn't make it. I, th I, think, I think I just, right before they start dancing, I, I, I think I got cut. I'm, I'm about to have a meltdown on this commentary. <clears throat> now you know why they call my editor, Bomarowski, the butcher. Mm. I love that. That's one of my favorite small moments in the movie, him turning the water into wine. perfect. Congratulations. Thank you. Mm. There's Charlie. I have to introduce you because he's kind of, it's embarrassing, but he's a big fan, so. Hey, uh, Christine. Um, I love this scene. I should have. I guess just because it's dialogue, but these two are so great. This I scene was originally a little longer the way you wrote it. I really liked it too. Had a little more depth about Strange, to protect her asking Strange whether he was happy. And although that's still in this cut, we had a little more depth about him saying, it was never going to work out between us. I saved over five billion lives in this. Uh, Why not? From the you know the because Avengers Endgame. You have to. Be and holding the knife. I can travel from New York to Tokyo in an instant. What man wouldn't be happy? But love you, for you can see or feel beneath the surface that ben uh, Benedict was really playing it. Like he wasn't. He was oh, lying for her sake, so that she could get on with her life. Long time. But it caused uh, a point of introspection that I thought was really interesting. In your screenplay. Truly, I'm just 
glad. Specifically in his performance. Yep. They're both great here. Maybe if there's a longer version of the movie, the audience will see that one day. Remember Rachel said she, she mm -hmm. had somebody following her around, yeah. like watching all this jewelry and right. stuff. There, there was so much expensive stuff on her. <laughs> there was some like armed guard just watching all the, all the stuff she had on. Yeah, they were handcuffed to the briefcase. <laughs> yeah. they kept making jokes about making the heist. <laughs> yeah. Did they really have the person handcuffed to a briefcase? Yeah. Yeah. basically means you can have a very serious criminal steal that stuff to lop off that hand. That's so cool there. Benedict is so elegant in that moment. I love how he does that. Benedict is elegant in real life. This New York street scene was built by Charles Wood, our production designer. He built this entire New York because Jamie Christopher, our producer, and ourselves weren't allowed to go to New York because of the pandemic at the time. So it was Jamie that recommended, why don't we build it in England? Build New York, which was a crazy idea, but it was a smart idea. And he got Marvel to invest in an entire construction of like four city blocks of New York. It was the biggest set I've ever worked on. Obviously, we have CGI backgrounds behind the construct, but most of what you're seeing is really there. The cars were all brought in, American cars, which they did. They have some of in England, but not a tremendous amount. But I thought it was a very wise thing that Jamie Christopher did back then to... Do I know you? ...to uh, in, have Marvel invest in that great scope by building it. Very unusual choice, but turns out because of the pandemic, the only logical one in the end. What were you gonna say? I was saying this is uh, the monster Gargantos, not to be confused with Shumagora. You know, fun fact about this Gargantos, we actually took uh, Lizzie Olsen's eyeball scan and had made this uh, eyeball modeled after Lizzie Olsen's eye as a little, you know, foreshadowing for the real villain of the movie. Because in Michael's script, Obviously, Lizzie Olsen is puppeting both the ribbon monster and this tentacle monster in our universe. Spoiler. It's nobody's watching the movie for the first time with this comic. Weird way to watch the movie. You know, it's weird to talk about. Wong just getting after it. Benedict Wong, what a great guy, and so gung-ho to do his own stunts and to put everything he's got into every moment of the performance. I was so impressed with him. One of the first days on set in London, watching him just practicing with that rope dart, just, just so amazing with it. I remember that, it was such a hectic day. Uh, we were running around doing so many things, it was in the middle of one of the first days of shooting. I want to give a shout out to uh, Jay Funk, Julian Daniels, who comes up with all these magic hand motions for us in these Doctor Strange movies. Hold it, hold it, hold it. 
best part of the movie is coming up here in just a moment. Flames of Fall Team. Wow. Who is that guy? Ladies and gentlemen, that is Michael Waldron, our writer. Charlie's best man. Sam, how'd I do that day? My big cameo. Anyways, Michael, this next scene is one of my favorites. Um, this is um, the destruction of the tentacle creature. Kevin really liked this moment. He was really interested in making it super gory, I remember. Finally, we wanted to make it, to make the movie PG-13. Is that right, Richie? Yeah. Yeah, we really wanted to push it as far as we can go. Well, you know, making sure that families everywhere could watch this movie together. Uh, so things like this moment, you know, we hoped were gory, but still fun for everybody. And, uh, you know, we took a lot of cues from you, Sam, and uh, the Evil Dead movies. And Kevin always talked about the eyeball popping out in Evil Dead 2 and wanted to pay a little bit of an homage to this. That's cool. This one turned out really well. That, that shot's really cool. It's almost like a dance. So he comes down off the ledge and lands on the street. This is New York in L.A. She took my slingy. She took your slingy. Where did we shoot this? Shot that up. This is a Paramount. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to kill you, kid. I just bust my ass trying to save your life, remember? She pickpocketed his ring. Giant monsters I can clearly handle, but what bothers me is that last night you were in my dream. That wasn't a dream. It's a huge idea for this movie that uh, I think we all came up with early on, just that the idea that when you're dreaming, you're actually seeing into other universes. We have experience of the multiverse. Most recently, there was an incident with Spider-Man. <laughs> what man? Spider-Man. He, he has the powers of a spider. And see, this is fun for people following at home. They, uh, Does he look like a spider? They don't remember, no, they, they remember Spider-Man, but they don't really know much about him. Bingo. Out of his butt? No. Oh, well, After the events of No Way Home, the spell of forgetting. Yeah. You're gonna get a stomachache. I'm from another universe. I know my stomach and Charles Wood did such a nice job recreating a I don't even know New York from pizzeria, place, which is why I'm still sitting here waiting for Seems you super authentic to me. The details that he had in that place, I'm sorry I couldn't getting closer on a lot of them, but uh, the set was just beautiful. I feel like Richie and I ate a lot of pizza on these days. I left a very nice wedding. Tested it out. Smart ass kid from getting eaten by an octopus. Who's wedding? Tell me, Christine. I'm pretty particular about the uh, quality of pizza. Yes, I do. No, in this I movie. Yes, you need to explain to me what's going on. John Matheson, our cinematographer, did a brilliant job photographing this scene. He had three cameras and really kept them alive. Super long lenses to give us some New York depth. What power? Because finally, it's an eight-page, six-page dialogue scene. It could have just sat in the middle of the movie, but the actors and the writing really helped us get through it. You don't expect to find six pages of exposition in the first act of a Marvel picture. But there is a lot of catching up to do and a lot of setting up that we have to do. It's really a testament to Sochi Gomez. Skills as a young actress, too, uh, being able to deliver a lot of exposition, like you're saying, and do it in a fun way that you really doesn't feel like you're hearing exposition. 
Yeah, this was early in the I'm shoot, the too. I, no, I'm not the she was tremendous. I always talked about these scenes with uh, kind of akin to John Connor in Terminator 2, the way he's bringing the audience up to speed a little bit. But he's got just enough moxie and attitude that it goes down in kind of a fun way. I thought you'd protect me, but you didn't. That was a fight in my dream. That wasn't a dream. There were so many contributors to the movie, from storyboard artists who came up with great ideas to visual effects supervisor Yannick Sears. It, wasn't. it was his idea that the ribbon monster infect Strange with a rapidly advancing alien virus that age, ages him and turns him into a corpse very quickly. And be that's because um, Michael came up with the idea that, so that Dead Strange walks in this movie later, Somewhere in the third act, and we really wanted to have a look that looked like a classic zombie, a classic monster picture. But to get him there, Yannick came up with this idea because uh, really only something like 36 hours or 24 hours have passed throughout the course of the whole movie, so there had to be justification, and Yannick fixed that, like he fixed so many other things in the film. America Chavez. I always count on Yannick to be my, my partner in a logic battle. Also, Dead Strange, I gotta give credit to Richie as well. That, that was the two of us sitting in his office in London thinking, oh my God, how do we, how do we figure out this third act? That was a great idea. I'd say America Chavez is a character we've wanted to introduce into the MCU for like a decade. And uh, we're very happy to do it in this movie, but it made perfect sense to do it in this movie, given that her powers are, you know, opening multiversal portals. Did it have the same markings as the octopus? You're supposed to have a pigeon pecking his eyeball at one point, right? As scripted. Has scripted. anyone who's faced such a thing? The script is just a suggestion. It was a refrain I I might. on this film. Chocolate! Hey! Wanda Maximoff. So this is Wanda and Billy and Tommy in universe 838, and uh, this set is based on the WandaVision house from WandaVision, and Charlie Wood, our production designer, worked with the WandaVision team to make a version of the house that you saw on WandaVision go through all those different uh, sitcom eras and change and adapt by the decade, you know, but this is the real world version of what it would look like if Awanda Maximoff actually lived there with her two boys in the real world in Universe 838. We could never truly leave each other. It's crazy to be shooting this movie as WandaVision was coming out and just clearly becoming more and more of a sensation and the, the biggest thing in the world. And every day we'd come in and we'd think, oh man, <laughs> we really gotta get this right. Uh, but fortunately, when you got Lizzie, it's hard to screw it up. <laughs> Apples. Apples. Apples, right? Those are actually cherry blossoms. Eventually. <laughs> Those are cherry blossoms, because they were the only thing blooming at that time that we shot this. So all those blossoms you see on the trees were put up by Charles Wood and his very diligent, hardworking crew. They were fake blossoms, and that, that crew was out there for a week on ladders, breaking their back to put up all those blossoms. And our director of photography, 
John Matheson designed it so that they were always backlit. And he had a plan where we would move around the orchard, always having the sun shine on those fake blossoms from behind, making it this idyllic wander world. With what? Idyllic because what it, it's just an illusion. It's a hex. The multiverse. This had the a sheep. One of the best special effects in the movie real. was these and sheep. That 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 shepherd. Well, he was right this guy and his sheep dog was running around. He found a girl who can somehow herding those sheep. That sheep dog was mean. I tried to pet him. I almost got bit. Some kind of demon. One that covets her power for itself. We've taken her to Carmitage, and we've got our defenses. But those guys we could use an Avenger. There are other Avengers. Yeah, but given the choice between the archer with the mohawk and several bug-themed crime fighters, or one of the most powerful magic wielders on the planet, it's an easy call. Come to Carmichael. Therefore, because those blossoms were all plastic, we'll get you back on those are fake steps. blossoms blowing in the in the breeze. Blossom boy! What if you brought America Get a giant wind fan. We'd get him up in the air before Here. the dialogue start, kill the fan, and start oh, the take. I know what it's like. Be on your own, hunted for abilities you never wanted. And I can protect her. Such an exciting scene for fans to finally get these two uh, on screen together. You never told That's me right. to do. A lot of times, debate who's the most powerful no, I person in the MCU. These are two big contenders for it right here. You know, the hex was the easy part. Yeah, this is the first time we see Strange and Wanda interact right. in one of our movies. Not so much. I remember your first version of the script where you had wanted to be a good person, uncorrupted, throughout the entire adventure. It was only in the last scenes of the film did she finally turn and cross over to the dark side. And then I think you and me had discussions about why should we let the greatest moment the dark of the movie You're familiar with the set dark up world. I know it's the book be, of be the, the ending and, and that really just open the door for the next one. We, let's bring that good stuff forward. What it's done to you. So then I think the you only showed me the rewrote, truth. along Everything with a lot of other I reasons, lost. you've decided to make Wanda the villain from the go-get so we can see that delicious battle between Strange and Wanda throughout the meat of our film. Yeah, that, that was when our I can be with my children. movie pushed because of COVID. We were originally supposed to shoot in May of 2020. And then we pushed until late that year, and there was an opportunity to kind of say, all right, if we wanted to, to blow this thing up and start over, what would we do? And wouldn't you want to go that that would be the most delectable choice. See, guys, this is why the movie's so good. This is why we're at 99 on Rotten Tomatoes. Sam and I are so. What you're doing is a flagrant violation of every natural law. But anyways, why let somebody else have fun with Wanda being bad? That's why you're good. You are the writer extraordinaire. But she's not a child. She's a supernatural being. Such raw power could wreak havoc on this and other worlds. Her sacrifice would be for the greater good. Well, you can kiss the lunchbox goodbye because that's the kind of justification our enemies use. Is it the one you used? When you gave Thanos the time stone? I think this has really uh, hit our what test audience in a strong, good way. This scene that you wrote because and become a hero. They're not used to seeing their the enemy. hero, Wanda, that doesn't seem turn on, to the side of evil. Wow. I mean, it really is a powerful choice to, to watch one of the heroes fall. Yeah, I'm also not sure they are ready to see our hero, Doctor Strange, be put in such a position where he's being confronted with that from her, you know? You gave up the Time Stone, and look what it 
did to me. Strange, and we love Wanda. We don't, you know, want to see her go through the pain she's gone through. And you could lead it all back to that moment. Yeah, I would argue Wanda's making some some pretty sound points here, and I, I think that makes be for the best villains, the villains that you can really, you know, believe are the heroes of their own story. Eric Killmonger, Thanos, Loki. I think that was one of your finest accomplishments with the script was that you made our villain a human oh, being and with motives we understand. She's got the dark hold and the dark hold has her. If not root for, just empathize. We can empathize with her. Scarlet Witch is a being of unfathomable Thanks, magic. Everybody see Master Hamir from the first movie, one of my favorite characters. This is like day two, right? This is early. Or annihilate the cosmos. She took over a whole town. This was one of the first scenes we blocked, I think, with the actors. If she gets America's power, she could enslave the entire multiverse. I love uh, so the Benedict's reading coming up here. He kind of messed up. Exactly <laughs> in his line. Yeah. She spent teaching at once. And I'm the students. She doesn't trust him. That was a great beat, Michael. And Wong is so commanding. The bell, the drums. The drums. Do you want to talk about those war drums, Sam? We had Danny Elfman. You, you talk about it. We had Danny Elfman very early on before he was really scoring the movie. He gave us uh, war drums that we could play on set so that we can really amp the energy and know, you know, the cadence of those drums as we were going into this battle. It was really exciting. Added something to the day. That's right. It was so helpful, Danny Elfman, in giving us so much all throughout the course of this film. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's the most... There he is, that Rinchra. rascal. Rintra. Rintra is a great character from the comics that uh, I believe Michael found. Adam Hugill plays that role. He did a wonderful job. Shall be done. We get to see some masters from other sanctums, the Hong Kong and London sanctum. I love that East meets West bow, showing the different styles of the uh, masters of the sanctums. This was another gigantic set that Charles Wood and his team designed for us. Thought it was beautiful. I was just gonna say, I love the sequel trope of the, uh, the sacred base getting attacked. I feel like that's, that's a thing you see in a lot of sequels that I actually like. I guess ripping off. <laughs> we originally had a sub-theme that Michael wrote with the character of Sarah was in the previous scene, kind of Wong's right-hand woman. Got it. Um, we had a love, a little bit of a love line between Wong and Sarah. That's uh, Sheila Adam that plays that role. But that got diminished as happens with cuts. We just wanted to um, focus on our main heroes and the story took on a little too many dimensions and we had to focus it down. So that little bit of a suggested love story was lost. You had to make terrible sacrifices. I blew a hole through the head of the man I loved. And it meant nothing. Do not speak to me of sacrifice, Stephen Strange. I like hitting that, the, the fact that 
what Wanda did at the end of Infinity War actually meant nothing, that Thanos just reversed it with the Time Stone and killed Vision anyways. Felt like something that it was just too full, right. poignant to really not run out. Against you. Defensive positions! Now! Here we go. Do not dare to enter these sacred grounds. You have no idea just how reasonable I have been. Yeah. Book of the Damned, calling yourself a witch, conjuring creatures to abduct a kid. I don't exactly call that being reasonable. Sending those creatures after her instead of myself was mercy. And in spite of your hypocrisies and insults, I have begged you to safely get out of my way. They're both such good actors. You have exhausted my patience. But I do hope you understand that even now, what's about to happen? This is me being reasonable. Customer designer Graham Churchyard really did a great job from Wanda's costume, updating it from WandaVision. We had to keep the basic design once she had become the Scarlet Witch, but I thought that he uh, took it to the next level beautifully. A lot of years worth and movies worth of heartache, I think, go into that blast from Wanda. You know, I, th I think we earn what's about to happen on the backs of the great work that Lizzie's done over the years. All the great writers and filmmakers that have been stewards of this character for us. So cool, Sam. I love these shots of her in the sky blasting. Yeah, we had a um, great second unit director that did a lot of this photography, a lot of this battle photography in our Mechanical effects team did such a great job with the explosions, along with our stunt coordinator. Um, they were all fantastic on the picture. And this scene really belongs to them. And our editors, uh, Bob Morosky and Tia Nolan, did a beautiful job putting it all together. This scene was mostly Bob. Tia did some of the other scenes quite well. That character's name in the script was Weasel Sorcerer, which was a source of confusion for some people because they thought it might just be a giant weasel in robes, which in this movie was not, <laughs> not really that ridiculous. Awesome cannons. Cannons! <laughs> By Charlie Wood. That's Sarah manning that cannon. So bad they can't even get the second shot off. These are magic cannons. We had a much bigger battle scene. And it was cool, but we wanted to get into the second act a little earlier, so we cut it down. I think this helps the overall flow of the picture. It was an amazing bit of uh, in the animatic of Wanda fighting. One of the masks, maybe the London master, where she and she cut his head off and then puppeteered his uh, headless body against his comrades. Probably wouldn't have been okay for the PG-13 rating, but 
That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was so great. Story artists did such a great job depicting this fight. She disintegrates this guy. These burnt bodies were very realistic. It was uh, quite unsettling to walk around the set eating your lunch for weeks on end. Yeah, we're about to get into some of the most fun stuff in the movie. There's a lot of sequence is so amazing. This is some very Sam Raimi stuff that was just so exciting to watch being shot. If you want the girl, you'll have to go through me. Fine. This was Yannick's idea to have the mirror trap. A visual effects supervisor. so often alone in this film, carry the whole movie on her shoulders. And I did, I thought she did such a great, great job doing that. Very difficult. Yeah, she spent a lot of time with second unit just doing grueling action work. A lot of it covered in oil <laughs> or something and was just such a great trooper and now. team player. Mom, what happened? Yes, Jeff Haberstadt was our second unit director and he really well with her. Oh, look at that. Come on, Sam. That's the stuff right there. Spooky stuff. Kevin wanted to make it a spooky film. Yeah, it's... She's using the... It's crazy. To see Wanda act like this for the first time is so exciting. And for fans of the comics, you know, we were so excited to bring this to screen and finally, like, deliver on a promise. Once you introduce the character of the Scarlet Witch, even before she was the Scarlet Witch, and we introduced her in Age of Ultron, you know, there was always the hope that we can bring her to this place of her doing things like that or like this, and it's really exciting. And she is the best. If, if Doctor Strange is the anchor of the MCU of Phase 4, then Wanda Maximoff is the jewel in the crown. Nice. Nice line. You gave all those lives just to keep me from my children. You took those. We're going out for ha Master Hamir, by the way. Yeah, bye bye, Hamir. I don't know. I don't know where those guys went. They just fell in. Do we ever figure that out? Yeah, he's dead. Why no, they're dead. He's dead. Master Hamir's dead. <laughs> they don't exist. Oh, but they do. I love the dimensionality that Charles Budden's art team brings to the set. There isn't just a wall or pillars behind Strange, but you can see through the wall to another dimension beyond. It gives it a lot of depth. Michael, one of my favorite lines in the movie coming up right now. Of our life together. When you have a cast like this, it's really, as a writer, uh, very freeing. The same dream. Because they can just make anything great. And every morning, the same. 
nightmare. Elizabeth did such a great oh, job in this geez. scene, even after all the death and destruction she created. What happens to She still makes people? me feel empathy for her in this moment. What happens to their mother? Danny's score is great here. Sam, I remember you shooting that shot and thinking it was just the coolest thing. It was so early on in the shoot, and I just remember thinking how cool it was. The one on Strange as he launched the snakes? I love the hissing. Going from Wong's eyes to Strange, and then he launches the snakes, and Benedict got so into, you know, puppeteering those snakes. That's actually a thing from the comics, the Vipers of Valtor. Yeah, he was great in that. He's got a great imagination that he really puts on full, full steam commitment when he's Doctor Strange just casting spells. Call out Easter eggs as we go through the portal ride. Michael, you wrote this. Living Tribunal. Sears did a great job with his visual effects team during this sequence. So many different artists. The Grindhouse releasing billboard. Stark Industries drum. Oh, that's the Savage Land. I'm just gonna keep <laughs> the animated universe. The universe where Doctor Strange drank Sprite. <laughs> Shout out to Sochi. She does such a great job. She, every time she's getting her soul drained, it was a very physically grueling bit of acting, and she was really game and did a fantastic job. I remember Sammy going, can, Sochi, do you think you could do the thing, you know, where you roll your eyes up a little bit and maybe you can show us some of the whites here? And she did it, like, amazingly right away. She just went, oh, like this, and all you saw were the whites of her eyes, and we were like, oh, my God. Yeah, she was so good at that. Crap. It's like The Undertaker. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is a great collaborator, but one of the funniest guys. I'm not sure people know that he's actually really funny. That whole, you know, vomiting after it, that was all him uh, all right, America. just doing his thing, and it was, he's great. He's a really good physical know. comedian. Just did it. Not on purpose. Wong is back there alone with Wanda, and I'm the only hope he has. I can't control my you powers. You must be able to control it somehow. Even I could control Sorry. Sam, this became a rooftop relatively late in the process. For a while, they landed in an alley in every universe, and I think we realized maybe we'd have a little bit more fun visually, I guess, on a rooftop. And because I never dream. Yes. We had shot this in the alley exactly, and then redid it here on the rooftop to be able to see the world we're talking about. Because they had come into a new universe, we wanted to see it visually, tell the story through the camera that, of their environment. And the alley didn't allow that view. I don't know where it is, so unless there's another other... We need to go find... Other... other me. This was the alley, so the scene used to take place in that alley.
And this was the big reveal, but we decided, why are we waiting so long for the reveal? I think uh, Kevin also wanted it to have, to see more of this universe. He was very um, on top of us, making sure that we made a proper presentation to the Marvel audience of going, Red. what another parallel universe would look like. And it was difficult only because we didn't want to go sci-fi, and we wanted to make sure it was like our universe, it's just red. a few shades different. And that's so that's a more difficult thing to do two. than just creating a brand new look. It's right. got to be recognizable, but different. Same, but different. America. Just like the characters that we meet, like Strange's Ooh, alter egos are the same, but Preferably. a few percent different. Pizza balls. Mm, look at those pizza balls. How'd you pay for Richie, those are your pizza balls. Made a lot of those. Thank you, sir. It's weird, you guys have to pay for it. Hey, right. you didn't pay for that. There he is. Crap. Maybe it's not for you here. Pizza Papa always gets paid. All right, pizza My Papa, buddy Bruce relax. Campbell. She's just a kid. Relax yourself hungry. there, Dr. Strange. Blast on set. Where'd you get this imagine. from anyway? Oh, that feels authentic. It's not a cape, it's a cloak, and I suggest you let go. You took this whole suit. Charlie Wood, our production designer, worked with Straight you, Sam, and Bruce Campbell, of course, and our editor, that? Bob Murawski, and uh, our lead storyboard artist, Doug Leffler. Everybody uh, from your world that worked together in Army of Darkness came back together on this movie, and there was a funny story where Charlie actually has the prop of the fork from Army of Darkness that he brought to set that day, and we actually used as if you uh, eagle-eyed viewers can see it on that Pizza Papa cart later in the movie. That's right, that's the fork from Army of Darkness that the little ashes use to stick in Bruce Campbell's buttocks. You might not be able to see it in that scene, but later when you see Bruce again after the credits, just keep an eye out for that fork. That's a lot. There's a lot of amazing preparation work, Sam, that you did on these sequences because there was so much choreography and how they move about these city streets. And, and a lot of it was also done by Lorne, your son, who was going out and shooting test footage, you know, just a couple of days in advance with stand-ins and everything. And it was so awesome for me to see how you and him worked together and, and he would shoot this footage and then you'd bring it to life and everything. That, that was really neat. Yeah, shout out Lauren Ramey. Yeah, Lauren was such a, a real asset to us on, on the movie and, and is a, a heck of a filmmaker himself. Imagine that. He's your kid. Of course he is. Christine, this is... This is amazing. Thank you. Cool seeing young, young type strange. Memory. Yeah, I love that sequence. I love this whole sequence and seeing... This also was an idea that came up a little later, getting to see the Utopian Parallel, which is a place in the comics where America's from, seeing her mom's. Like, this was such a treat that we got to do this. Home. I love these two actresses. They're all three of them are great. Yeah, they, they definitely elevate this. That's Ruth. Yeah, you've worked with her in the past, then? Yes, on Drag Me to Hell. She's in the opening sequence of that film. First time America ever opened a portal. you as a kid and then think about what she's been through 
No, you were right. This is just a waste of time. Hey, kid. That was the first time that you opened a portal, right? Doesn't matter. And what studio did we shoot this on? I didn't lose them. Was that Paramount also? This is Paramount. No, you did not. Don't even think that. Okay, I opened a portal. Yeah, it's strange. The guy with the and sent them to maybe a not the best bedside manner now. Listen, if your uh, moms are anything like their daughter, try, trying to comfort survive. this patient, and it's sure interesting to see how far he's come from the first movie when all he could muster was an awkward hug to a patient's family. You know, here he's. He's really making a strong effort and in your memory, trying to kind of disprove her notion that all Doctor Stranges are, are bad. Yes, that was Christine. How do you know her? From other you. Oh, this location, of oh, those trees holding no, up the High Line. He blew this it. Universe's version of the High Line, at least. Did you yeah, although we shot the bulk of the picture in England, Yes. I we guess did, I did additional reshoots Why? in the United States, in California, and... Um, Complicated. John Matheson wasn't able to be there. Well, he was for the first few weeks, first part of a reshoot, but then second reshoot went on, and um, we had to use his replacement cinematographers, Dan Mendel, who was awesome, and the great Russell Carpenter, who shot uh, Titanic. Yeah, we got so lucky. John called in favors from friends for us because we got some of the best DPs in the world working on this movie and uh, the luxury of working with more than one. The statue was amazing. I mean, that thing is real, and it was crazy to stand under it. You really had to listen to Benedict on those days. Give his life defeating Thanos? Yeah, see, we're not all bad. If other used dead, who's master of the Sanctum? It's cool, that last shot, seeing another version of the Sanctum. I loved how you shot this, Sam. You shot this quick in the dead. Yeah. yeah. And the, the two gunfighters facing off. Fun to watch oh, you put this scene yeah, together. Snapped and dedicated his life to trying to Thanks. And Kevin got, I think Kevin thought maybe it was a little corny. And he wanted to cut it out, but I said, please, Kevin, let me have that. He went, okay, fine. Have your corny stuff. <laughs> it's very, very kind of him. Generous. I'm glad you won. Because you always suspected this day would come. She would edge it for. He's so great. Playing the alt version of Mordo. My brother. It's another awesome look. <laughs> Michael, you had written. I was just going to say that Michael had written right. an early scene with Chiwetel where we saw him in our universe, 616. Tell me everything. Where he was the Mordo that we knew from Doctor Strange 1. Only he had been through many battles since that. He had a limp. And he was coming after the Scarlet Witch to take her power quite because she, he knew she was dark and terribly corrupted traveler. by the Darkhold. Well, and she killed him and cut off his head, presented it to Strange in a later scene. It was really great writing, but it slowed the beginning down too much and we had to lose it. America in other universes. So she has the Darkhold. Yeah, that was a fun scene that just didn't have a place in the movie, but it was cool, I think, that... She I got it here. cut his head off right halfway through as he was about to say, the bill comes due. She... <laughs> Damn right. If your dark hole is anything like ours, I'm afraid she can do far worse than just summon monsters to come after you here. What do you mean? There is a spell contained within those pages. The rest of the movie is just going to be me saying, oh, this is one of my favorite parts of the movie. 
because this is one of my favorite parts of the movie. And this, you know, Sam, you and John shot awesome, awesome stuff for this and used awesome equipment like the Mesmerizer, but then it was really Tia Nolan who brought it to life in such an amazing and unexpected way. body of an alternate self. Along with Danny Elfman, of course. I mean, this is such an amazing piece of the score here. Enemies from afar. The possession is not a permanent link between realities, but in the fleeting time they dreamwalk, they can do irreparable damage to the universe they invade. So it may not be a demon. The idea of dreamwalking was a big kind of early on discovery for, the Scarlet I guess, all three of us. But this notion that you could possess an alternate version of yourself in another universe that felt like a really creepy, sinister thing for Wanda to be able to do that really kind of became the backbone of the movie in a lot of ways. Here we go. I'm sorry. The Sands of Nisanti. Should we talk about it for a second, Michael? That was one of your discoveries from the comics. Uh, it's a relic in the comics that if you're near the Sands of Nisanti, it strips you of your magic powers for temporary... Uh... Yeah, the Sands of Nisanti shows up in the Oath, uh, Doctor Strange comic by Mark Millar. They're actually used by Nick West, the character that Michael Stuhlbarg plays in the comics, becomes an adversarial sorcerer who battles against Doctor Strange in that comics run. And he uses the sands of Nasanti to to strip Strange of his powers, and so if it's in the comics, it's automatically cool. <laughs> well, it is cool. That's cool. It's Mordo uses the sands to, you know, knock out Strange in America here, and then we find out in a few minutes that Christine also knows how to use those sands in the sun. I love that iris close and shut. Danny's score here really rocks. It's so cool. This shot was another Yannick Sirius Plus that uh, is actually really awesome. I love traveling through the multiverse with Wanda's spirit like that. You gave the kids some good uh, dialogue to riff Sam about how the, the tigers had won the World Series in this alternate universe, right? <laughs> Isn't that what they're talking about? Yeah, the 2003 Tigers, they're saying are so awesome, but that was one of our sadder years. But not in this universe. In this universe, my Tigers won the World Series in 2003. This was a great horror sequence that, again, Lorne, I think, did a lot of the, uh, a lot of the uh, work on. It wasn't this one, it was um, the final scene, I think, in Wanda's house. Right. Oh, but yeah, he did. He did those, the peas and the cup. Yep. Yeah, he did some of, the, some of these insert right. shots. Cool shots. Right. The lamp. Sorry, stand corrected. The tempest in a teacup. I know, Sam, you love that. was one of the first things Charlie Wood came to Burbank uh, to present to you, you know, ideas for other universes in the multiverse. And I remember him saying to you, there's a, this idea I have of showing a tempest in a teacup. I don't know where to use it, but it's awesome. And you were like, that is awesome. We're going to put it in the movie. And uh, it's here. I, I love your explanation of it, that it's just a little bit of our universe creeping yes, into this universe. Where are you going? 
Yeah, I'd love that Charlie came up with the idea that the scale of water and how Just how it interacts would be different in this universe. In a oh, tiny Charlie surface like a cup, there could be ocean waves in okay, miniature. Hurry, Just awesome. That was just now, that was maybe my favorite shot in the whole movie when Wanda looks at the camera. Yeah, that's amazing. And this, it's just it's so chilling. Michael, this scene is one of my favorite of your work. I mean, even in the script stage, this whole idea that she is traveling to this universe and is on a mission and then hears the voices of her boys and is just stopped in her tracks and instantly, you know, you know what she's doing. You know what her mission is. You get it. And this, of course, the Ice Cream Song. Uh, music by Danny Elfman, lyrics by Michael Waldron. Copyright 2022, Walt Disney. So I'm going to get the EGOT. Get it? Oh. Shout out Oswald the Lucky Rabbit in the background. In this universe, uh, Mickey Who, Oswald is king. really great. Your wife? Yes. But so many others were Sheila? She was wonderful to work with. Set me free. I need to destroy the book. No. She's so good. Such an intense performer and this character is so cool in this moment. It takes so many heroes' lives to defeat Wanda. It's terrifying. Oh, and you could feel there's something between them. Yeah, Wong's hidden life. We like to think that uh, there was an unspoken thing between them. <laughs> Sam, this is one of the coolest things in any movie ever. How how do you even think of doing this in the moment? <laughs> I don't know, but it, you're right. It wasn't a momentary thought on set. You just thought it up on, on the spot, and it's just amazing. That flipping back and forth between the two universes like that, it's so heartbreaking. Watching the technical prowess of you getting that right was so cool. Well, yeah, it should have been a lot harder than it was. That Sam yeah, it actually, didn't take that, it actually didn't take that long. Like, because the thing that we shot second was the stuff at Comertage. I need the dark hole. Sam has a habit of making those things look easy. Those crazy Tell shots. Tell me what you know. <laughs> that Wong's a badass in this scene. It turned out to be a great way to show, to show uh, Wanda's ben. loneliness. To be able to show her with the kids in the same frame in another universe without them was very effective. And she's a great actress, so that's, that's really why it worked. Wanda, please! I like how she's playing that she doesn't, she doesn't really want to torture them. She's not a villain, she's suffering. She wants her children, like you wrote. And that's what Elizabeth is so genius about. She knows she's not playing a bad girl. the dark old was transcribed. Just someone who loves too, too deeply and will do anything to be, to be with them. The one she loves. Perhaps we will be. That was a cool practical effect, I'm pretty sure, right there. It's just, that's little stuff like that. It's really fun. 
was an interesting movie to direct because most of the actors and actresses got to play alternate versions in themselves. And because they were such great actors, they knew it didn't take that much. It was just a little tweak in the character. The tiniest difference in the personality was enough to communicate the difference. Who they were. Where the hell are we? Look, I don't know who you are, or what you think you're trying to do here, but these situations mm. that's, don't really work. That's why I like uh, Christine's performance so much here. Christine? This was aside from making Wanda the villain when we kind of took things apart and started over. This was probably the biggest uh, new choice was um, bringing Christine back into the fold and really making hers and Strange's story his emotional heart of the picture. You know, I just, I think Rachel is such a breath of fresh air to the movie, really, at this point. She's so relatable to the audience. You've been dealing with so much crazy miserable yes, stuff I developed those using and she's such a great comic actress who comes in here and really just uh you know is able to make the audience smile um, she's great it was great to have her yes she has a great sense of humor just like you're saying and also i was surprised at what a great action actress she was when it came time to do her fight scenes and, you know, tumbling and yeah. battling. She was so good at that. So how do you end up working here, wherever yeah. here is? Yeah, that day in the sewer oh, running through the tunnels was her first day, and she had really just given birth somewhat, you know, a couple months prior and was just hauling ass through those tunnels like a real action star. This is one of my what favorite moments. Were we to each other in this universe? I love hearing Universe 616 be confirmed yeah. for our fans of the comics. You know, that's a big, uh, the number carries a lot of weight for the fans. So to hear it confirmed by Dr. Christine Palmer here is pretty exciting. You gotta let us out of here. Everyone's in. You know, there was hints of it in uh, previous movies in Thor The Dark World. Dr. Selvig uh, hinted at Earth 616, and in Spider Man Far From Home, Mysterio commented on the fact that our universe was Earth 616, so maybe he knew something more than we thought he did at the time, but it's really here that we get hear it confirmed for the first time. Someone from my universe wants that girl, and she's going to rip this place apart atom by atom until she gets what she wants. So I don't care if you're from the Avengers. Or shield. We're neither. Shout out to Brian Michael Bendis, Jonathan Hickman. What then? Hydra? I, uh, the Illuminati. I was, I was just trying to we'll get through that. the first draft of the script the desperately in August of uh, 2020. Didn't really have a second half of the second act and had no idea where the hell I was going and, and just thought, well, why don't I take a swing and uh, drop the Illuminati in there? And swing you did. Yeah, those Jonathan Hickman Illuminati comics are some of the greatest comics ever written, I think, those New Avengers comics from the Secret Wars uh, era. But, Michael, I remember reading your first draft of the Illuminati stuff and just being in disbelief going, he, he killed, she kills all the Illuminati. He had her kill all the Illuminati. Wait, they were never gonna be able to do this. This is a man, wait, can we do this? I wish we could do this. <laughs> Yeah, I think I 
I watched uh, Aliens, and magic can only just, take us I was so thinking about the way those Marines get massacred, and, um, yeah, it was, I'm glad it, I'm glad it worked. Eons ago, the first demon to thorn carved his dark I think originally the, the wasp was a version, was, was in the Illuminati, and, and the wasp shrunk down and flew at Wanda, and she just clapped her hands and just sh smushed the wasp in the first draft. Yeah, I was so scared someone was going to tell us we were going too far, and... You know, nobody ever did. There's Sam, no you always uh, helped us take it there. Kevin always encouraged us to push it further. Our other bosses, Luis D'Esposito, Victoria Alonso, everyone supported us every step of the way to push this movie that far. <laughs> These were fun days, Sam, watching, watching you shoot this horror stuff. That set was amazing. Talk about Charlie Wood's amazing set, Sam. Like, this was seeing that statue of Wanda on that wall in person. If you notice to the left and right, there's details of Billy and Tommy on the wall next to them. Like, Charlie's attention to detail is unparalleled. The best in the multiverse. I agree. They've been waiting for me. Yeah, that, that Wanda relief on the wall, that is not a... a visual effect that was really there. It's a throne. I love Ultron. One of my favorite Benedict moments is coming up when these uh, robots push him into the room, and um, there were obviously no robots pushing him. He just had to fake that body motion, but he really sells it well. He's a great physical performer. Stephen Strange, you are now called before the Illuminati. I, Baron Karl Mordor, the Sorcerer Supreme. You hear Carl? <laughs> Captain Carter, the first Avenger. Blackagar Baltagon, keeper of the Terrigen. Haley Atwell was wonderful King to work with. King. Blackagar Baltagard? Uh. Along with uh, Anson Mount, there. great Black Bolt. God, having Anson Mount in this movie as Black Bolt is so cool. Lashana Lynch. Lashana Lynch was a pleasure to work with. Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four. So was John. Hello, Stephen. There he is. It's so exciting. A dream come true. I'm sorry, is this a joke to you? Well, this guy with Truly a dream come true. So, yeah, a little bit. It's so funny Great that Ke Kevin cast John because the fans had a dream of who the perfect Reed Richards would be. And because it's an alternate universe, I think Kevin said, let's make that dream come true. It's exciting. I've always really enjoyed all of his performances. It's exciting that costume designed by Ryan Minerding. It's a really special treat, uh, the detail of the 
teleportation device he uses to get into the scene is something we took from the comics. That's Doctor Doom's uh, Doctor Doom's uh, time door. Reed Richards is my favorite Marvel Comics character, so it was a real honor to get to uh, to write his first entry, I guess, here in the MCU. Sorry, John's such an amazing performer and such a a great partner uh, in bringing this role to life no, for the first no, you time. Cannot, not unless you give me the book of Pashanti. We appreciate your concerns, Stephen, but it's not the Scarlet Witch that we fear. From our experience, the greatest danger to the multiverse it turns Because out. your changes to the script, strange. Michael, came in late, as far as introducing the Illuminati, as you've said, you worked on it in August of that year, and it was quite a surprise probably to Graham Churchyard to have five new superhero costumes suddenly thrust upon him that were necessary for delivery in such a short amount of time. He really came through. I should say six with Professor X. What truth? And while it is not Professor X's first time on screen, it is the first time we see that hover uh, chair from the animated series in a live-action appearance. Yeah, I think especially for guys like us, like me and Richie, who grew up with that uh, X-Men animated series, to you're wondering what to get to bring that. that specific look to life uh, with that music cues, really exciting. It's pretty amazing. We had, you know, us three had talked about the yellow chair, and then Kevin said, "Take it a step further. Talk to Danny Elfman and see if he can incorporate the animated series." theme into his intro, which Danny did in a really elegant, but still fun way. In the infinite multiverse, there's a cure for every illness. A solution to every problem. I won't lose them again. Try as you might wonder, you cannot control everything. But I can't. So cool, I'm still thinking about the Illuminati, hearing Reed Richards talk about incursions. Carved in stone. Again, just pretty cool. I'm thinking about this day. Sam, I think this is one of the days we were doing blackjack training <laughs> on our phones. I have a memory of us standing. That's right. Off. You found that program, right? No, you showed me. Oh, I showed you, and you just excelled it. That's right. I showed you, and then you learned it so much faster than me. I went, wait a minute. You, I just showed you How can you be so We gotta take it to Vegas. Oh, there he is, Wong. Wong, he's dead. Bye, Wong. Bye-bye, Wong. Continuing the long tradition of heroes in the MCU dying by being thrown off uh, cliffs. I remember Sammy pitching him the story and making him, Benny Wong, believe for a second that he was actually going to die in that moment. Oh, when I told it to him the first time? <laughs> yeah. You said, I'm never sorry to tell you. <laughs> I think I remember that. I'm really sorry to tell you that's it for Wong. And then he didn't know yet whether or not you were the jokester that you are. Which across a moon. Yeah, he didn't know. And he's thinking, wait a minute. He's probably thinking, wait a minute, you idiot. I had planned on a long career with Marvel. What do you mean I died being thrown off a cliff? I think that's what he was thinking for mm -hmm. a moment. Wait, another cool detail about Professor X here is Graham Churchyard, our costume designer, studied the animated series and found the exact olive green for the suit. Like, he was such a nerd over it, like we all are, of course. Uh, and it was really cool to do that with him. And the tie, it, like, he really brought that animated version of Professor X to life. But again, this is an alternate, alternate, alternate version. It's not exactly the same version from the comics, but... 
Everyone in that reality died. Everyone. Stephen renounced the Darkhold's evil and helped us find the Book of Vishanti, a weapon we did use together to defeat Thanos. Lashana Lynch is fantastic. And, you know, this really her first time stepping into the role of Captain Marvel um, in this alternate universe. So cool. See an alternate universe version of the events of Titan. You know, what if the Illuminati had fought Thanos on Titan? I shall miss you. Benedict is so good in this scene. Just looking at him, you know he's been through it all. He's sinned and knows he has to pay for those sins. He's caused terrible destruction, his guilt, sadness, I'm sorry. resolution that it's time for himself to die. And these are some fun days on the mix stage with Laura and Juan coming up with that Black Bolt uh, effect. Yeah, Juan Peralta and Laura Hirschberg did such a great job mixing our sound for us. It was a big moment when Black Bolt had to finally release his blast. Yes. And we designed it um, with some great sound designers, and um, they mixed it beautifully, I thought. It really should be heard in and Dolby Atmos. You built a statue. The world needs heroes. <laughs> we made the difficult choice because hey, we knew yeah, what well. Strange was capable of. Great to finally see what Captain Carter in person. Every yeah. Doctor Strange is capable of. I remember you coming up with that the world needs heroes idea that the building's been breached. The statue was a cover up for what actually happened. It's pretty Right. I came up with that at like three in the morning and grabbed my wife and I was like, he was bad, it was a lie. Yes, because you originally wrote him as the hero that we think he is, as Strange thinks he is. Right. And then when you improved it and gave it more depth, you had to, because we had already shot the statue, you had to figure out, well, how are we going to explain that? That was great. I love that moment with Wanda fighting those Ultron statues. You know, we always had this idea, Sam, you had said it. You wanted to see Wanda when she's in there with the Illuminati looking like Carrie, but, you know, how do we do that with the blood? And we had all these Ultron robots that were spewing oil and giving an even darker version of that look. It was a really cool idea. What kind of Doctor Strange you are. Thank you. I love those Ultron robots, uh, voiced by our friend Ross Marquand. Everybody out. I, you know, I love Carrie the movie, but I, I don't think I ever consciously wanted her to look like Carrie. <laughs> but I think she's just started to look like Carrie, and we started talking about it. The whole stunts team did such a great job. All this stuff. Incredible job. Ultron. My hat's after them. Ultron. And Jeff Haberstad, who usually led our stunt team in all this photography, did such a great job as the second unit director. locations put together based on the British Museum. The um, bio chamber back there wasn't really there. This is really patterned after the lobby of the British Museum. You've possessed an innocent woman, but you can still do the right thing. Let her go. 
This is one of the most amazing moments. Please. I have children of my own. Any movie. No, Sam, I remember Kevin saying to you, you know, Black Bolt's awesome and we gotta have him in there, but I really don't know how you're gonna I really don't know how you're gonna take out Black Bolt. He's so powerful. You know, what could she possibly do? If he opens his mouth. What mouth? And you turned around and you said, what mouth? <laughs> yeah, Sam riffed the, just, it, instantly. This was Sam's answer, and it's one of the coolest moments in the whole movie. It's also absolutely disgusting. That is so great. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. It's so good. <laughs> there he goes. That was Haley and Lashana came up with that cool look between them in the moment. You know, the idea being they were a well-oiled machine. That's right. We challenged them to come up with a badass look, and they each did. It was really cool. That statue in the Illuminati lobby is pretty familiar looking. Who, who's that statue of? Fight her together. You are in no position to give orders. That was patterned after Xena. And I think it was your idea. <laughs> I mean, I'll take credit for it, sure. The Great Lucy Lawless. Haven't you had enough? Oh, I could do this all day. This scene pays tribute to female heroes and villains. She's the embodiment of both, so it's really appropriate for this moment. I have to imagine that moment hurts Wanda. She's close to Steve. She would have known Peggy known of her. I think both of these characters, this is, you know, um, Monica Rambeau's mother, who she knew from WandaVision. This is an amazing thing we have to do for the fans as well. TA, you know, who's who's gonna win, Captain Marvel or the Scarlet Witch? You know, the two most powerful beings in the universe who's gonna come out of this fight on top. They both have their powers from Infinity Stones, but, you know, Wanda is the Scarlet Witch, so I don't know that there's any stopping the Scarlet Witch, but... Captain Marvel comes pretty close. So what it seems happened is uh, the Scarlet Witch siphoned her power momentarily long enough to dispatch her. Do you guys think she's really gone, Captain Marvel, in that moment? And say, do you think she's really not dispatched her? And you just cast your vote now to kill Go see friends. the Marvels to find out. Maybe, I don't know. That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. I have no idea. You know you hated me where I came from. And I bet secretly, my brother, you hated me here. Most of this you Illuminati scene was so shot jealous. with individual you know actors. I bet you were thrilled when you the other actor wasn't even present, as is in the case here. You know nothing of this and universe. in the whole previous scene, when you see the line of Illuminati, they uh, were pretty much all done separately. One or two of the actors were together, and that was it. They were all composited into the finished shots. To cast my vote. Really? No. Such a uh, amazing technical feat by Sam to, to
to make that sequence so compelling, yes, those are, it's exciting to see those heroes, uh, you know, up in that lineup, but ultimately it is one character standing opposite six folks sitting down, and so Sam and um, his team, you know, found a way to make it so visually dynamic and working with our editors, Bob and Tia, they really made it come alive. And, um, it's more than just cameos saying dialogue. It's, it's, it's a compelling, exciting sequence, which is not easy to do. That was a fake leg. That was a leg on a broom, Sam. Remember that? He said, give me a leg on a broom. <laughs> I love that Is that leg. what it was? I completely forgot. Yeah, that was a leg on a broom. <laughs> Michael, I remember having to go, I remember you having to walk up there where Benedict was. Yeah, it was, like, it was up there. Everybody else is on wire. <laughs> I was like, I walked up there. I was like, I'm going to die. That was a really, really high up platform that Benedict was on. And like Michael just said, everybody was on wires. And then Michael's like, uh, Benedict's like, Michael, can I talk to you for a second? And Michael had to climb all the way up on this thing. Sam, Sam was up there too. We were both up there. <laughs> remember that? It was so high. It was scary. <laughs> so scary. <laughs> Trying not to show Benedict how frightened I was. <laughs> That's what making a movie is. It's just trying to never show how frightened you are. Kind of a perfect representation of that. Enough! What a showdown this is. Patrick Stewart. He was so great. He's one of the coolest guys. He was such a gentleman to work with, Sir Patrick Stewart. He uh, had such class about him, and he instantly, obviously, created this character years ago for 20th Century Fox. And um, it was great that he took the best parts of it and brought him back. Such a pro. It's a great scary moment, Samer. And poor Lizzie. One Maximov, your Lizzie had to live under there for a while. Grab my hand. Perhaps if I can pull you from under the rubble, the spell will break. She puts everything she's got into every moment. Whenever she's on camera, I really admire that about her. And she's so different than the other Wanda. In the most subtle ways. Lizzie talked about how by this point in the movie, she's Wanda, our Wanda is just consumed by anger. She's been pushed so far. Oh, and that's really what's driving her to her madness at this point. You all right? Uh, you okay? Hey. You all right? Hey. She fixed him. Thank you. Yeah. Xavier said I built a waypoint to the Book of Ashanti. Can you take us there? 
How am I supposed to trust you? I know what happened. I, I'm sorry for what he did, but believe me, the Book of Ashanti is the only way. Yeah, your way. You sound a lot like my Steven right now. He had to be the one holding the knife. This is a great moment for alternate Christine, where we're seeing the differences between her and the Christine of our universe that she's been hardened by the events that she experienced with uh, with her universe is strange, and it's smart kid. Surprisingly, America comes to his defense. One of my favorite shots in the movie coming up, Michael, that goes to what you were just saying about Lizzie. Um, Wanda just being so consumed by anger that she's just, she's using th this shot. It's her bloody feet just walking over glass. She does not care about this body that she is in at all. She is going to do whatever it takes. She is limping. She's got broken bones. She is just on her mission and nothing's going to stop her. And I think that shot really shows you. This was Rachel's first day. Bob, our editor, insisted that shot be in. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. This is so great. This is one of the, my favorite things, this practical effect right here. Well, and this was Jamie Christopher and Chris Corbold. Uh, that just, that was another idea we had in the moment, right, Sam? It was just Jamie saying, hey, Sam, you want to blow up those tables? We can do it. Jamie always had the, this thing about some of the best effects you can just achieve if you just come up with them in the moment. So he was always trying to just come up with practical effects, and it really was a plus for the movie, and that was one of the coolest ones. Yeah, that was a real plus, and I almost didn't do it. Even after he said that, and Bob Morosky was on set and says, just do it, Sam. It's not gonna take that much time. So I said, okay, great, let's so do it, cool. you're right. It's so cool. This is those cool, those shots of Wanda that you did running through the tunnels are amazing. You had a, you had a motorcycle in the uh, tunnels, right, Sam? With the camera on the back? That's right, our cinematographer lined us up with a great device, you know, this, a little mini Steadicam on the back of a motorcycle. It was Really cool. Perfect way to do it. I had originally wanted him to give me streams of light in concentric circles moving in opposing directions of the camera, and he quickly didn't do that. <laughs> I think he thought it was too hokey, but I really wanted to be more hypnotic and dizzying that chase of the tunnels. But it turned out to be uh, a good move not to do that. I warned you. What a moment that is that put together well. Hold your breath. Such a great scare. Yeah, it's so cool. Your creation of the the slowing down of the drips uh, is a really unique thing I don't think anybody's ever seen before. Did you kill her? No, just bought us some time. That was a device to try and build suspense and get us to the point where that scare really delivered. And Bob did a really good job of cutting that, I thought. It's a nice opportunity to call back the watch, which is a great emotional. Uh, I mean, really, when you when I watched the first movie in preparation for this, we watched it a thousand times, and you know, yeah. that watch is kind of the emotional core of that movie. So, thank you. It felt like a cool way to bring it back, uh, as as something that kind of unifies Stranges and Christines across all universes. It's really cool. Sam's editor, Bob, uh, had a strange open the door. I don't know where he pulled it. It sounded like Snake Plissken talking as that door opened. He just goes, all right. <laughs> Sam's editor put it in, and Marvel's editor took it out. <laughs> it was actually, it was Benedict kind of 
making fun. But Bob loved it. He really wanted that in the picture. Come on, kid. You got this. sequence coming up right here, Benedict Cumberbatch really right. collaborated with us in such a detail-oriented way, and it's such a cool this part of the movie now, but he really has such a specific idea for this moment that he kept pitching us about, can we get to the book, and then Wanda's gonna show up and just rip America from our grid. It was, he always talked about it, and it really uh, came to life in a great way. Temp score in this scene was always uh, James Horner's Alien score, which was appropriate because my reference for this shot was when uh, Bishop gets stabbed at the end of Aliens. Showed Sochi that before we shot that. You guys noticed that star in the book? You wrote about the Book of Ashanti is that thing which gives the sorcerer whatever they need to defeat their enemy. Yes, and that star is to signify that the lore of the book is true. And what Strange needed was America Chavez, her help. And that's what he finally surrenders to by the climax of the picture. Correct. That he doesn't have to be the one holding the knife, as Michael wrote it. I always liked the idea that we could set up this MacGuffin throughout the entire movie and then just blow it to hell uh, as we kind of catapult into the third act. That was a great stunt. Bryson Counts did our stunts. Incredible stunt coordinator. Shut up, Bryson. They'll never know. Maybe not, but you will. Crap always made Rachel laugh. Reality collapsed in on itself. Yeah. Two realities collided. Come on. America doesn't have long. Really amazing so combination of well, if practical effects. Hey, the Delta 88, Sam. Oh, wow. There might be another that was actually other... hoisted up Charlie. Again, Charlie Wood and his team, they got that Delta 88 to the UK and hoisted it up on giant cranes and spun it around for us. That's all practical. The effects of an incursion. Were so worried about incursions. Whatever happened, this universe is you didn't do a very good job of stopping it. I'll tell him. Sam, I wrote so many different versions of this dialogue. An infinite multiverse. Yes, originally, originally you wrote um, Christine coming in with Strange. 
She came in, the door shut in her face. The building teleported around, all sorts of different stuff. So many great artists work on the, the look of this movie, not just Charles Wood and John Matheson, our cinematographer, but shots like this were designed after great artists' paintings of what the uh, clash of universes could be like for this particular environment, Strangers, Strangers Place. So I was always very impressed with the concept illustrations. We really went, went for recreating them. That job was done first by the art directors and then later by John Matheson on set and then in post-production by Yannick Sears. you get here? I just want to shout out Cindy Oaks, our visual effects producer, without whom none of that stuff could have been brought to life. I'm just one of us from the multiverse. That's right. Prove it. We had a sister, Donna. She this is Rich and more lore straight from the comics that... She died when we were kids. I know Sam and Mike Leagues were always keen on hitting oh. and, you know, explaining the part of his backstory that kind of turned him into who he was without it feeling like it was something that we hadn't known about. She fell through the ice. Yeah, it's the delicate balance of you don't want it to feel like that sequel thing of, oh, wow, a foundational pillar my personality just happened to pop up uh, here in movie number two, but in this case, I think that Strange is such a guarded that, character, it, it actually makes sense that no, it's simply something he never, ever talks like about, like uh, and only does here in this moment and never really again. Until? Yeah, you guys found a very elegant way of doing that. To whom? Michael, you wrote so much of this movie during production. What do you want? <laughs> Post-production, too. I just... Um, I remember we were probably halfway into production when you me. came up with this scene. Strange versus evil strange. Oh, it's a brand new concept. Dark it didn't exist for me. I, I think when we got to universe? England. Yeah. That's true. Start That is true. Great production. Good reason. That's a start. I could use it. Yeah, there was, there was a, another no. version where Strange went to a universe and met a character that we called Melvin Strange, who was a, a street magician. He was a version of Strange without any magic, and they, they had, I guess, a certainly a much less adversarial conversation. It was more of an enlightening, sweet exchange. Um, it was good, but it, but it wasn't, didn't build the tension um, and raise the stakes we needed to at this point in the movie and so um really you know collaborated with benedict and he, and he pushed us to this point and christine um you know he asked me i worked with him a lot on this scene he made it made it great yes of course yeah he's so good in this scene on both sides but yeah i remember you guys sitting and working on this there was there was actually a little uh toilet bowl in the set deck. If you look in this room, there's all these weird artifacts. There was actually a little toilet bowl in the corner that I believe uh, Michael would sit on and write with Benedict in the corner on his laptop. wondered why I lied. <laughs> I never meant for any of this to happen. I was looking for a world where things were different. 
where I had Christine, where I was happy. But I didn't find it. Michael, when you put it in this third eye, that really was an element of the old Doctor Strange comic books, wasn't it? So I did those, Stephen. Yeah, that was something that had shown up throughout the comic books and really kind of multiversal lore, I guess, in general. That was probably felt like a cool, creepy. The dark hold exacts a heavy tone. <laughs> okay. All the more reason to give it a rest and let me have it. Here's the deal. I'll let you use One the my dark. favorite lines. If you give me your Christine. Yeah. I don't think she's gonna go for that. No. Benedict's so unflappable as strange, really has a very great Harrison Ford quality about him. Such a fun hero to get to write. <laughs> Sam, tell us about this sequence. It's so great. Well, so many artists worked on this. I know we wanted something special for strange verse, sinister strange, and we didn't want to just have a fight. Even though we had the world's best fight choreographers and stunt coordinators and second directors, we really wanted to have something visually unique. See sorcerer versus sorcerer, something we hadn't quite seen before. So many artists worked on this. Doug Leffler, my great friend and brilliant artist and great director, really led the way in this sequence. We followed his lead. Um, and also, um, Richie, who is that great artists that guided us in the look of these notes. Oh, Brian Andrews. Yeah, we owe him a lot. Who has been working with us at Marvel Studios for a decade and is the director of our What If series. He was so great. Brian Andrews, we did have a lot of great artists. Sam, Doug Leffler. Doug Leffler's the best in the biz. We also had Jeremy Simser, who's one of the great storyboard artists. Uh, Anthony Chun, who is Michael's friend from the Rick and Morty world, came in and helped us with the sequence. It really was a family effort led by Doug. And then, of course, we couldn't have done it without Danny Elfman and his team, you know, Bill Abbott and Ellen Siegel, of course. Danny did such a great job rising to the occasion for this sequence. After he did it for us once, we went back again, and he was in the middle of a concerto that he had written. <laughs> he was doing the performance in Europe, and we interrupted him between two different performances to do an emergency rewrite where he was the, 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 the music of the battle. He wasn't a score so much as it was, we wanted him to be the effects designer, so to speak. What is, what is the noise of those notes? Let that be the music. And he blew us away with his final, final designs. Yeah, it's so amazing. That was Danny and Chris Bacon and, you know, UC Tegelman. Whole squad. UC did an incredible job in our sound design, along with, his, along with Addison. They both uh, did brilliantly, and the, the movie goes so many outrageous places that the sound has to follow, and in fact, the sound has to lead the way and break new ground, multiversal ground. So we needed to hear things we'd never heard before, like the voice of Black Bolt. Yeah. Or what the alternate universe would sound like. Yeah, that was Addison. That voice of Black Bolt was so cool. Such a great physical performance from Benny Wong. I mean, he really gets the 
crap beat out of him in this movie, and you, you feel it. He's that John McClane kind of hero, um, just getting beat up and just keeps on going. You love him for it. Phase one, baby. idea of dead strange what are you doing with the dark hold <laughs> i mean i think it, i think it came from from literally we just we were like he's screwed <laughs> he's, he's stuck in this universe i mean it was we'd really written ourselves into a yeah, corner right. and and we were we, we did such a good job of making it impossible to travel between universes if you are not america chavez so now what do we do with him he's stranded and so Richie and I just started working it out, and, and, and it felt like the coolest thing that Strange could have to do was, was dreamwalk, and we wondered, well, the problem is there's nobody for him to dreamwalk into in our universe, and then the idea came, well, what if that dead body from the opening made its way into our universe, and then we got really excited because uh, we knew that our director was Sam Raimi, and we were potentially going to be possessing a dead body in this movie. Oh, it's so cool. Benedict was all in, you know. It was not easy for him to uh, put on that prosthetic makeup. That, that dead, strange makeup, that's all Benedict. That's all real. It's all practical. I mean, for the most part, of course, uh, Yannick and the visual effects team had to, you know, fill out the cavity on the side of his face, but for the most part, it's all prosthetics done. I gotta give a shout out to Donald McInnes, who is Benedict's uh, lead hair and makeup person who really helped us come up with all the designs for the various Stranges, but was there every step of the way when it came to Dead Strange as well. I love Danny's score here. Sam, you, you, you always, you know, came to you and it was, all right, Sam, we're gonna do a dead body. We're gonna do, we're so excited. And you, but you always preached, you know, it, it, can't do a dead body just for dead body's sake. It, like everything with you, it had to be story-driven, character-driven. You weren't gonna play it for laughs or for, for gags. And, um, you know, we, we were gonna take it seriously and that's, that's why it works. And that's why I think we're able to have fun with the sequence. Benedict just giving it his all. I thought it was such an original idea you guys came up with. So unique. That's why I think the audience likes it, because I don't think they've seen something quite like this before. Not in a Marvel Studios. The idea of it is different. Cease your dream walk, or face the eternal consequences. Weta did a beautiful job with the animation. Great teams of animation. Great ideas for movement. A tremendous amount of artistry went into there. The effects here. I was very impressed. Well, and this is a classic Sam idea to, to plus this with the with the souls of the damned that attack the dead body. Uh, Sam, do you want to talk about that? That was just such an amazing addition to this sequence, this whole thing, these souls. Yeah, I think I remember the test audiences, and maybe, because we haven't released the film, the main audiences won't understand who these antagonists are. 
think that was the problem in the <laughs> test screening. What, what is strange face? <laughs> dead strange facing? Why are they trying to stop him? But Where's your when you guys came up with that great idea, I wanted the brazier bungo. I, I love the fact that you came up with the idea of dead strange. Maybe this is what it takes to defeat Wanda. Going to this extent, he's gonna dream walk into his dead body, and that'll be cool. But we needed even that character to have an antagonist, and that's really why I wanted those souls of the damned. But I, I do think there's a little confusion on the part of the audience. You, even you, Michael, are going, who? Why? Why do we want this? But I wanted an antagonist. I wanted even him to have an antagonist. And then we worked out that he could take them and use them and make his cloak of souls out of it. And I think visually it, it came out to be a plus for the picture, even if there is a little confusion as to the idea behind it. The audience watching this right now. <laughs> I wanted them to tell us what this was. <laughs> Shout out to Rachel uh, McAdams there, by the way. Go back to hell. She she gets a, I think like a kick-ass action line. Uh, really, I, I love that moment for Christine Palmer. And the explanation here is, I think that Strange is, he's breaking the rules. There's there's rules to these things, um, you know, the realms of the spirits, whatever cannot possess a dead body. That's against the rules in any universe. And, uh, you know, there's a toll to be paid, but he's a guy who's okay breaking the rules. I wonder if he'll ever pay that toll. He, he breaks the rules and becomes the hero. Bill comes to. Yeah, when's the bill gonna come due for Strange? No one. <laughs> Leffler first showed me those storyboards. I was so excited. It's just what I wanted is for Wong to come back as the hero, as Michael had written him, and Doug came up with a visual way to present that in effective, in effective means. Lizzie called these guys her animals. <laughs> these are my animals. larger role in the climax as originally conceived and then we had to pare it down as, as happens and um, just remain with what was necessary. Dreamwalking, you hypocrite! It's so cool. This time it's gonna take more than killing me to kill me. <laughs> I've just been patting Michael on the back every time there's a cool line. I'm physically sitting here patting him on the back. This is the first time I'm seeing this with a lot of these finished effects, Sam. This is incredible the way this looks. The effects teams did a beautiful job here. I don't even want to know! Sam always called this the bag of trash. <laughs> and Strange, Strange sends over the bag of trash to Wong. So now you're gonna flip that bag of trash over to Wong. Richie, you play one of those voices of the souls of the dam that reach out and grab Wanda's hand. I do. I'd like to thank you for that opportunity. Be a soul of the damned in a Sam Raimi movie. I really like the writing 
love the writing in this scene and how Benedict performs it. It's the only way. He's going to have to break through and go to a place he hasn't been to before. We think it's that terrible low place, like you wrote about, Marco, in the first scene of the movie. But he's actually ascending to a better place. me in other me's body. So she gave a great performance here. I was very proud of her. Before Wanda came. She's a great actress. We're going to be seeing a lot more of her in the future. It's okay. She also was incredible in the stunts. Richie, can you tell us about that? Yes, yeah, she worked closely with Joe and Bryson uh, and did a lot of prep work. You know, Sochi came America. to us when I believe she was 14 years old and she just dove into all of those stunts head first uh, and said basically, you know, let me let me just do it once and then I got it. And she was right. She just needed to do something once and then she had it under total control. We were dropping her on wires from far heights from, for example, in the Garganto sequence when she falls through the bus and the cloak catches her. That was actually her falling from an incredibly high height. Uh, and she did it like a pro, and after only one or two tries, it was really amazing. And then, you know, we had her being flung around in this sequence and just doing things that she had never done before, but doing it so naturally and so well. She's a really talented, talented young actor. Danny brings America Chavez's theme into it, uh -huh. which is great. <laughs> so cool, she's stronger than the Scarlet Witch. Oh, no, never mind. Nobody's stronger than the Scarlet Witch. I forgot. I think the Scarlet Witch was just surprised briefly. <laughs> Exactly. That this was happening. I'll give you she never felt a multiversal punch. This this climax was all was all your idea. This was all Sam's idea. Just followed his lead here. This is such a tremendously emotional way to defeat Wanda. Really? Tell Sam me. brought this to us. Almost fully formed. Have you done? Yeah, early on too, and it never changed. No. Because it was why would we change it? <laughs> it's perfect. Get away from me! Like little Easter egg, uh, Snow White. Not yet. In the background, we worked with the Walt Disney Animation team. Kent Gordon, one of our uh, animators. If you notice, animated Snow White's costume to match the costumes in Universe 2 kids Billy and Tommy and they did such a great job. They have such a pleasure to work with on set. Very professional and incredibly young to be so so good. This is a long day of them throwing toys at Lizzie's face. 
Jersey was always ready to give the greatest performance no matter how many times we had worked her and how long, however, however long she worked or however much emotion was demanded from her. I remember going to her once and saying, Lizzie, I'm afraid to ask you to do another take because you've given so much. And she turns to me quietly and says, Sam, as far as acting goes, I am a bottomless well of emotion. Never be afraid to ask me for another take or to go deeper. I said, wow, love it. All right, let's go again. Well, I think she turned the audience into a bottomless well of emotion right now. I think that's my favorite shot of the film. And her performance is also one of my favorite moments. Great little bit of multiversal forgiveness between these two. taking responsibility for her actions there. You were right. Is it over? Yeah. This scene was one of the last that we shot for the film shot in the United States. Yeah, this is one of the last things I wrote. It's really beautiful. So she destroyed the dark Richie, will we ever see the dark hold again? Only time will tell. She did the right thing. She did the right thing. She destroyed it in every universe. I don't know how yeah, such a did. thing could come back. But where there is good, Sam, there is evil. But technically, aren't there still Montwendigors on other 
in other universes where <laughs> the inscriptions might be? Maybe they all blew up, like the book just did. I wish I could show you. Rachel did such an emotional job in this scene. I really love watching her perform it. But I have to go. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's too bad, though. Could have been one hell of an adventure. Benedict's so great here. I love you. That exchange. Yes. I love you in every universe. It's very well written. I, I love your lines, Michael. How are one of them? Loves her in every universe. It's, just, it's a beautiful sentiment. It's another. I scared. I worked with Benedict closely on that to really try to find the right emotion for yeah. Stephen in this moment. Face your fears. much harder than the multiversal portal. Talked a lot about how, right, how do we not do Return of the King? He used to slow down. Have 50 endings. So that movie did win Best Picture, so. <laughs> Should we have had more endings? <laughs> Sam, can we go shoot some more endings? <laughs> you used the dark code to dreamwalk into your own courts. Oh, yeah, right. I love that. I love these two. Fine. But I do want to ask you something. Are you happy? That's a uh, interesting question. I think that saving the world will get you there, but doesn't. Michael, this is your setup, wasn't it, for the um, evil eye appearing on him? It was. And is it because he dreamed walk? And I remain grateful. It's in because this he dream walked into his corpse, even with its or just because he used the dark hold. Probably a combination of that he used the dark hold and did the worst thing you can do with the dark hold. It's about Dreamwalk and raise the dead yeah. in another universe. I love that bit about happiness between the two of us. It's just a wait. It's an interesting thing if you're a superhero. What's up? What's up? This exchange we wrote about five minutes before wait, we shot parks. it. It's great. Your parents would be proud. I hope you'll get to I remember. One day. You did. Steven? It's simple. It's one of my favorite bits. And very, very beautiful. I'm glad I fell into your universe. So am I, kid. So am I. I, I really appreciate that you didn't go for too much. You just went for what was earned from the characters. Learned that from you, pal. And in these great actors, you don't have to give a lot.
I think when you wrote that understatement of their goodbye, you let the audience fill in and contribute to it, which is really nice. This was one of the first shots that we did, I think, also, early in the schedule. And the music here, I love that electric guitar that Danny and his team brought in. Something it tells me something's wrong. It goes off key. <laughs> cool. It's so good. Well, I hope you agree, audience. <laughs> well, everybody, thank you very much for hey. thank you very much for having us be your tour guides for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Thank you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, everybody. It was a fun. It was a fun ride making it. It was a fun ride watching it. Thanks for all the kind comments on the internet. <laughs> I know you guys have had nothing but nice things to say. Sam, that's pretty cool. That's so, it was a fun day and Benedict was so game and just having a blast. I love that. Kind of that last horror homage, that kind of uh, fake out uh, dark ending. I'm sure there's a term for it. I remember when you wrote it, it was very surprising when, when I saw the script. I went, what? That happens to him, really? <laughs> <laughs> It was like that throughout the entire process of shooting the picture. I'd get new scenes and they, how are we going to do that? You know, we can really give him this, this shocker of an ending. He deserves a good ending, a happy ending, I mean, doesn't he? But you were right. It was, uh, it was the right note to play at that time. Hey, who's to say it's not a happy ending? Let's uh, see the next scene. It's a strange ending. Once upon a time, we talked about having them switch places with Sinister Strange, right? How crazy would that have been? Our Strange gets trapped in that universe, and yeah. Sinister... Yeah, we talked about the thriller ending, the ending of the thriller yeah. music video. <laughs> so he turns around, and the third eye opens, and it's Sinister Strange, and you hear Vincent Price laughing. Oh, what is this? Wait, what? I thought he just had a gross third eye open up on his head. Can I help you? you caused it was really cool to work with Shirley's. Boys wanted to, and this was only one day together, but she really nailed the character, brought a little zap to it. I mean, she's amazing. We always wanted to introduce Clea into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, into the Doctor Strange franchise, and we always wanted to see this. Now maybe we could do our wrap-ups. What do you think? All right. We'll read everybody's names as we do the wrap-up. Old uh, Salty Sharp. It's been fun. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Sam. What a, is, 
Meet, meet your heroes, everybody. Thank you, Richie, and thank you, Michael. It was uh, two fantastic years of my life, and I really love spending it with you guys. You were great teammates all along the way. I wouldn't have done it with anybody else. Well, thank you. I think uh, we all worked very well together. I learned a lot from you guys, and uh, it was a it was a fun time. And I hope I hope everybody listening at home enjoyed the movie and enjoyed our commentary. What are we gonna do together next? What's next, Sam? Should we tell him? <laughs> no, 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 cut. Tell everybody right here. <laughs> Sam, Sam, you tell everybody cut. right now. And cut it. <laughs> cut it now. Cut it now. Hey. Okay, let's go, you guys. That's it.